The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. Is there a joke about Keanu that I can make? I don't know. I don't know. So uh, bro and whoa. No. We're talking. <laughs> so get your bro. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Like, so you're breathtaking. Did that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Okay, let me try that again. The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. So remember, you're breathtaking. We're talking Keanu Week. You annoy me this week. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I don't know. What do you want me to say? It's going to be one of those weeks. It is going to be one of those weeks. I can't wait to crap on your favorite I movie. Like terrible movies. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, the Salty Nerd. And today's episode, we're discussing Keanu Reeves movies. That's oh. right. Keanu. He's the best ever. He's awesome. He's breathtaking. He's honestly like... From all accounts, a super nice guy, too. Yeah. Like, he's people a, come up to him on the streets, and he's just like, hey, what's up, man? How you I doing? I feel like we did him a disservice this week when we picked <laughs> these movies. Yeah, did no you way. see uh, – have you seen that TikTok video of, like, your nightmare celebrity encounter <laughs> where people are supposed to share their stories about, like, meeting ce- celebrities they love and how awful they are? No. And this one girl did Keanu Reeves, and her whole story was about how awesome he was. And she's <laughs> like, I know this was supposed to be about nightmare, but I just love this guy so much. <laughs> yeah. I have to say – I have to – Talk about how nice he is. Keanu's awesome, man. It's cool. Anyway, I'm joined, as always, by my illustrious co-hosts and fellow nerds, starting with Kissed by Fire, Jude. Hello. What's up? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You ready to talk about these terrible movies? Yes. All right. I'm also joined by the barbarian, the barbarian space viking, Matthew Vader. What's up, dude? Did he get it right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> what order does it go in? I'm good, man. How are you? Vader yeah. shook. Yeah, I know, right? It just threw him off. <laughs> threw him off his game. I'm also joined by the author extraordinaire, Matthew Kadish. What's up, dude? Not much, bro. Bra. Bra. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, there was a dolphin in a tank in one of these movies. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, My wife looked at that and goes, what are you watching? I, I said the same <laughs> thing. He turned around and walked out. <laughs> anyway, we are discussing three Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves movies. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. 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 There you go. Johnny Johnny Neutron. Uh, Forty seven Ronin and Speed. And uh, yeah, Classics. this is going to be a great podcast, Classics. guys. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. But before we get into it, a quick word from our sponsors. A date who also looks like his picture? Unexpected. At Blue Apron, we love the unexpected. With the kind of unexpected ingredients that lead you to discover something new, Blue Apron offers amazing recipes that also let you show off your skills. An at-home dinner date that goes incredibly well? Now that's unexpected. Blue Apron. Expect the unexpected. Visit blueapron.com unique and get $110 off across your first five deliveries plus free shipping off your first box. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. All right, let's dive into the first movie for this week is Johnny Mnemonic. 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 
It's mnemonic. The M is silent. I, <laughs> I don't know how to say I'm this serious. word. I don't so know how to say e. it. Mnemonic. Mnemonic? There you go. It's mnemonic. It's mnemonic. It's not. You guys are all wrong. Okay. Well, either way, this movie you ever was heard of, an, of a mnemonic device? No. Have you it's ever mnemonic. heard of a neuro pathway? The way, the, the way this thing is spelled is mnemonic. <laughs> okay. No U in it. You guys ready to talk about the movie? My mom was an English teacher. Okay. Let's, just, let's just talk about how to pronounce this fucking word for the rest of the podcast. Anyway. 1994. Thank you, Jude. Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, in the 21st century, um, sci- sensitive information is stored and transported in these implants in the brains of mnemonic couriers. And uh, Johnny has too much information uh, for his storage and needs to get it out or lose his head. A whopping 300 gigs, everybody. Yeah. So this movie <laughs> in was, the book, it was like megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was made for $26 million. What do you think it produced? Oh, jeez. the box. 35 million. Vader, are you looking it up? I am. <laughs> $1, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, $26 million budget. What was it, box? What was it, box? What is that? What? It, what, what box office? Box office. What did she's, it bring she's in? She's getting all technical. Now. I know, right? What was its box? Who's getting the, uh, Wow. Some like, movie jargon going on. She's freaking Grace Randolph. Wait, take a guess, here. man. What do you think? Yeah. How much did you make? He he's said looking, one he's dollar. looking for the oh. answer on his no, phone right now. I'm looking now. at how to pronounce this stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to pull it up on Google Translate. <laughs> he's annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> this movie made a whopping $19 million. Oh, yeah. That deserved it. It was not a success. It deserved it. Yeah. I've never seen this movie before. I've never even heard of this movie. Dude, I saw this movie in the theater opening day. I bet you did. I did. I went to a matinee. Such a whack. I'll say that the concept behind it sounded interesting, but the delivery was so far out there that I just couldn't get into it. It was like that weird post-apocalyptic future that everybody had. I hate it when they make everything look like this in in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It was was (laughs) obnoxious. I I actually kind of enjoyed their take on 2021. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This movie takes place in January 2021. (laughs) Next next, next month, guys. Yeah. Yeah, Next month. Yeah. Basically during the second COVID lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can can I I set the stage? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Set the stage. What is this movie really all about? All right. So this is based on a short story by the novelist William Gibson, who was a very influential um, kind of science fiction writer in the 80s. Um, He basically was the guy who created the cyberpunk genre. And um, like he had this very like influential novel called uh, Neuromancer that uh, basically like every underground science fiction club or a convention or like whatever, just like went gaga over. And he's mm. the guy who invented the concept of cyberspace. And so in the eighties before the internet even like was a thing, um, he was kind of writing this like kind of flashy science fictiony stuff that no one had ever even conceived of before his science fiction, instead of like rocket ships and aliens and stuff, it was about like gritty kind of near future, uh, dystopian, t- uh, technology influences on humanity and stuff like that. And uh, he was like basically like the forerunner of movies like um, Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we have this game coming out very soon called Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And a lot of the kind of near future, like Akira, Blade Runner type cyberpunk visuals. Yeah, with the visuals. Mix between biological and, and cybernetic. Well, enhancements well, 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 just, stuff just, like, just like these like neon cities and like yeah. people with like cybernetic implants and, and I, used, how, I, used, I used to play the, uh, the role-playing game, mm-hmm. the cyberpunk role-playing game. Oh, is this like not a new thing? 
they're just no. like no. oh okay originally it was like a dungeons and dragons type role playing game oh cool but was that but like all, a big inch and a half thick source book oh yeah really all, all, fun, all yeah. this stuff was kind of influenced by william gibson and uh in the 80s he kind of met up with this um this uh artistic guy he, he's like a very um influential painter and sculptor in new york in the new york art scene and he met at a science fiction convention. The guy had just gotten into directing music videos and uh, stuff like that. His name was Robert uh, Longo. And him and uh, Gibson became friends. And Longo was like, you know, I really want to, you know, take one of your books and make it into, into a movie. And so they kind of settled on Johnny Mnemonic, which was a sh- short story uh, that Gibson had written. And they tried to get like a million dollars to make an art house version of this movie. They were like, we're going to do it super low budget. It's going to be like super gorilla. You know, it's going to be very arty and like out there and we're going to do this. And they couldn't find the money for it. <laughs> Nobody wanted to give them a million dollars to make this like weird cyberpunk movie. And in the early nineties, um, the internet was kind of becoming a thing. Like it was blown up. And so Hollywood started doing all these kind of, you know, internet based virtual movies like the lawnmower man and a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, you know, they were really pushing. Hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> wow. The look on his face when you said the lawnmower man, he's all, what the F? <laughs> what is this? What movie is that? I've never heard of this lawnmower man. I literally mouthed lawnmower man to myself like, what? That sounds fascinating. It's terrible. I bet it is. It's, but yeah. Pierce Brosnan, Jeff Fahey. Oh my God. I need to go watch that now. Uh, uh, continue. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, they were doing all, all these movies that were kind of like exploring the concept of cyberspace and all of a sudden William Gibson stuff became like a real hot property because they wanted to make a movie version of Neuromancer and there was like a big bidding war over it. But um, um, Gibson and Longo kind of had their giant mnemonic movie kind of ready to go. And uh, they said like, well, maybe a studio would want to give us a million dollars for this thing. So they went to the studios and the studios were like, ugh. We're not in the business of making million dollar art house movies. There's $30 million. <laughs> like, like Have ma- fun. Yeah. Make a big budget uh, okay. movie about this. And so basically they, they went out and they, they cast Keanu Reeves and you know, this was Robert Longo's first like major feature film. And I believe it was Dina Meyer's first, uh, first major movie as well. And uh, so they went out and they tried to translate William Gibson's vision into film and i don't think they did a very good job (laughs) they went a little too far i think but apparently this the final version of this movie a month before release the studio came in and re-edited the crap out of it oh really and basically it was supposed to be like a lot funnier a lot more cerebral a lot more arty um in in its original version and uh the studio was like we want to make it more mainstream and so they cut out uh, longo from the editing room and uh, redid the whole thing and both him and uh, gibson were so pissed off at the final product that Longo has never made another movie since he's like, I can't work in Hollywood. It's that classic studio interference Mm. never ends up working out very well. I'd like to see his, yeah, of it. Sure. Kind of there, there's like a Japanese bootleg out there. Cause like the original version was released in Japan. Mm. Um, but, uh, for the most part, uh, I don't think anyone cared enough about this movie to actually, you know, <laughs> like I said, the concept behind this sounded fascinating. Like things that you see nowadays with like Elon Musk's, um, new, like cybernetic enhancement that he's working on. I can't remember what the name of it was, but he's working on getting people jacked in with like these electrodes in their brains so that they can like move body parts that they like, if they're paralyzed or something, so like there's these concepts that are just starting to come out in 2021. I'm like, oh man, this is like this is what people thought was going to happen, and it's starting. Yeah, none it, of this is new. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's, it's, it's kind of like cool. All, to see. all the stuff I used to have on my uh, 
on my hacker dude in, in the role playing game, but you can start to see happening now. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like and, that kind and of stuff. There's like the sickness in the movie called NAS, mm-hmm. um, which is basically it's called the black shakes, but it's, it's caused by overexposure to electromagnetic radiation from all the technological devices that are in the future. G5. And yeah, exactly. I was, I was, I was going to say like, you look at like all the concerns about G5 causing cancer right yeah. now. And it's just like, Ooh, yeah. It's it, crazy how much of this stuff is starting to come true. Yeah. Or, you know, speculated. Um, but yeah, I just, there was a lot of cool stuff about it. I just think that the, the, um, presentation was a little off because, First of all, Keanu is very flat. He's flat in all of his movies. The best movies that he's in is when he plays a flat character and it, it fits his personality and it's perfect. Like uh, John Wick and stuff like stuff like that. Neo, like if he's his personality and his acting style fits for this one, I felt like they needed somebody a little bit more bombastic because this character, Johnny, was just kind of like, meh, like all this crazy stuff was happening to him. And he's just like, meh, whoa, whoa. And well, half, uh, half of his brains filled up with a bunch of yeah, stuff. Dude, that was, that made me laugh in the first, like what, 15, 20 minutes or so when he's like, I've got 80 gigs worth of space <laughs> in my brain. I'm like 80 gigs. <laughs> oh, you can download freaking red dead redemption. Now <laughs> we are much highly more advanced with our, yeah. I, I remember back when this movie came out, like you were lucky to get like a five gigabyte hard drive for your, computer. I think we were still using floppies. Man. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We were using like zip drives and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't quite the floppy. Era. I just think it's funny to see Dis- how diskettes. Yeah. Dial up modems. <laughs> But there's like he probably doesn't remember CDs. That. I remember dial-up modems. That was the beginning because you're, like, you're like 12. That was the beginning of my. I, so. I remember in this movie, there's a little part where <laughs> when they're getting ready to upload the data into Johnny's brain, they use like a little mini CD ROM. Yeah, and they like put it on this little mini disc player, and, and I was like, oh, I remember those things. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a uh, what is it? Those little PS portable. Yeah, they didn't uh, last very long. No, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, but but this was like a very futurist movie. So you have like these. Uh, these gangs in this movie called the low techs. And these are people who are like shunning technology. Then you have this like uh, NAS epidemic that's causing people to get sick because of all the technology. Then you have these mega corporations, which are all based out of China, uh, ironically enough uh, <laughs> that, that are like looking to um, kind of like they found a cure for this NAS disease, but they're trying to, keep it secret so that they can make money off the treatment as opposed to curing the oh, disease. Oh, wow. That's a shocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? Wow. What a, what an idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, so the, the bulk of this movie takes place in Newark, New Jersey. I love it. <laughs> uh, so like it starts off in, in, in Beijing where, uh, Johnny meets up with these, these guys who want him to courier this information to, to Newark. And then the rest of the movie takes place in New Jersey. Uh, Jude, what were your initial thoughts uh, when you watched? Is this the first time you've seen this? This is the first time I've seen okay. this. Okay. What were yeah. your initial thoughts when you were watching it? I just, I thought it looked ugly and it was not interesting. Like I, I thought maybe the story was kind of, had some potential, but like, I don't know, like 10 minutes in, I was like, how long is this movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the ugly aspect to it because with the the people who were like shunning technology, they were wearing like this... Led, like, part, led by Ice T. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say the best part of this movie is Ice T. Yeah, led by Ice T with like some crazy face paint and like dreadlocks and these giant snow goggles on his head. I was just like, what? What is this? Like that's yeah. heavily influenced by the old cyberpunk. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just I was watching it and I'm like, this just seems impractical. That's the other I, thing too. I, I felt like they had the cyberpunk book that I keep talking about. Yeah. Like in the the set when they were like he gave it to the costume designers yes. and said like make this. Well, come I, to life. I, I think the guy who created 
Cyberpunk 2077 was part of like that William Gibson kind of science fiction crew that birthed this, this genre. So there, there's like a lot of cross pollination here. And, well, and that Cyberpunk 2077 is just a extended version of the role playing game. I know, but the guy who created the role playing game is yeah. what I'm saying. He, he was part of like this, there was like a small group of science fiction authors who uh, kind of revolved around William Gibson and they were the ones who, uh, created cyberpunk and then went on to popularize uh, steampunk. Yeah. Um, the, the, the genre. So like the, it's, it's kind of funny like watching this movie because if you're familiar with William Gibson's work, like the ugly aspect of it is very intentional. Um, okay. It's meant to have these like heavy Asian influence, but also meant to be kind of dark, depressive and dystopian. When you say steampunk, usually first thing that comes to my head is like the Victorian era futuristic stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's steampunk well, that, to that's me. Steampunk. This, this looked like, this isn't steampunk. This looks like Zoolander's derelict <laughs> line came to life and like was dancing around. No, like, like they, they went on to popularize uh, steampunk. It was kind of a dead genre, but like these guys who created cyberpunk went on to do stuff in that genre that kind of kickstarted it again. Okay. This movie's squarely in the cyberpunk okay. realm. Yeah, it's yeah. all related. Nothing to do with steampunk. I just, I didn't. I mean, there's, there's like Blade Runner inspirations and stuff in here and, and all kinds of stuff. Blade Runner was nicer to look at though. This was like yeah. rough. Well, Blade, Blade Runner took a lot of its art style from Gibson's uh, imagery in, in his books. Like he was kind of like the forefather of mm-hmm. like, this is cyberspace and this is how these cities operate. And this is how uh, consumerism like, has, um, has dominated. What's that everything. movie came out a couple of uh, ghost in the shell. Yeah. Yeah, very, that's, even, very, that's cyberpunk. They even it's said that line cyberpunk. in the yeah. movie, right? They said something about a ghost in the shell oh, or well, a ghost in the machine. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Ghost in the shell, Akira, like a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. Japanese stuff was heavily influenced by William Gibson, and I think a little bit vice versa. But Gibson was doing all this stuff in the like late seventies, early eighties, right? And so, like, this was like way before like the Al Gore invented the internet and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, a lot of his stuff was influential in the development of this technology. And uh, it just kind of became part of the lexicon, like stuff like cyberspace. And, yeah. And things well, I'll nature. say one of the things that I thought was the coolest aspect of this movie is when Keanu Reeves um, jumped into the cyberspace thing with his VR helmet and his you, gloves. You mean the iPhone? Yeah, the iPhone. Yeah. He was like sitting there typing away. And, and when you're when the camera's looking at him, he's just typing at nothing. But then it, it flashes oh, over to what he sees. It's, it's basically an Oculus Rift. Yeah, it's an yeah. Oculus Rift. It, I thought that was really cool. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. That's like, you know, they, but, they but saw this coming. It, it is funny because like when they go to that, that storage room in order to get the equipment for him to enter uh, cyberspace, um, they, they say like, uh, oh, we got boxes of Thompson iPhones here. And I, I turned to Judah. I was like, did, did uh-huh. he predict an iPhone? But it's, I said it, the exact it, same it thing. Turned out it's, it, like, it's E-Y-E, uh, iPhone. It's like a little that, eye. It's the thing he puts over his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, funny though. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see these things in the movie. But again, I think we're all in pretty much agreement that just something about it just seems off. Like it doesn't come off well Oh, it's not screen. a good movie at all. Yeah, I'm it's just not. so disappointed that this is one of the movies we picked for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'm like legit <laughs> bummed you, you, out. You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, it's got to be a full spectrum. I mean, we did First Night for Sean Connery in his honor yeah, of that, his death. And that movie was bullshit. <laughs> you know what? It's terrible. You know what, though? It's kind of interesting to see like Keanu's choices in the 90s because yeah. he, he went from, you know, point break to speed. And I think he, he shot this movie before speed, actually. But um, like this was kind of a precursor to his role in the matrix. I oh, think, it felt, I, I, yeah. think the, oh yeah. I think the Wachowskis looked at this and like, okay, yeah, I, I could see Keanu yeah, he, doing it, this. He felt like Neo in this movie, like a precursor to Neo. And then you, I totally saw all the connections to like, Oh, that's like 
that's straight out of the Matrix, and, though. And now the whole jacking in and everything. And now he's part of the Cyberpunk 2077 video game. Yeah. So like he he kind of has this this track record of going for these cyberpunky um you know futuristic films. Yeah, good for him, but I don't want to watch it. <laughs> but, but it is kind of interesting. Like you know, in in the movie, uh, his handler, uh, this guy Rafi Rafi. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Know, it's, it's played oh. by played by Udo Kier, who is yeah. one of the the bad guys in Blade. He's like the bad guy in everything. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> yeah. never played a good. Yeah, guy. he's he's one of those evil looking German guys. Yeah, who just <laughs> fits into every villain role. But but he's got like a like a, a transvest or a, a transsexual bodyguard. Oh yeah, and, the big yeah. And, that was... and then he he's got another bodyguard. I think her name's Pretty. Yeah, and and she's like this like blonde lady with way too much face makeup oh yeah oh the makeup and that's what i'm talking about everything was, is ugly yeah everything was way intentionally over the top. ugly it yeah. felt it looked like um it looked like 80s almost like well, 80s over the top yeah but this was in that's the 90s though this was in the, it was made in the 90s and it was supposed to be representing the future and they yeah, have them looking like but the story was written in the 80s <laughs> 80s drag <laughs> it was super weird um i didn't like Dina it Dina meyer's character you know she was um dizzy oh, from Dina. yeah dizzy from starship, starship, starship troopers. troopers and um you know she she played a character named jane but uh, originally the character at least in the short story was named molly millions mm. and she was a very uh central character to uh, Gibson's Neuromancer trilogy. You seem to know a lot about this. Well, I'm a science fiction author. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're in his zone. This is right his zone right now. Yeah. yeah. So um, basically the Molly Millions character was the rights to that character were tied up um, for uh, the Neuromancer movie at the time. So they couldn't use that character. So they just renamed the character as Jane. But if Dina Myers, you know, had actually been able to play that character, she might've like if the Neuromancer movie ever gets made, she might've been able to kind of, I like seeing her again. It was cool. Cause the only movie I've ever seen her in is Starship. Troopers. How about Henry Rollins in this yeah, movie? That was yeah. cool. <laughs> and uh, there was a scene, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on that, but there was a scene uh, where Dizzy, I always see her as Dizzy. She's, yeah. It's, I uh, said the same thing. I was like, is that Dizzy? It's Dizzy. Yeah. Um, at the more towards the end of the movie where she was just wearing straight chain mail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? Why yeah. are we no bra, no bra, no nothing, just chain mail. And I'm like, that you doesn't... don't need bras in the future. Yeah, bras Next are... month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn a bra in six months. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, I am, I have to say I'm the oldest one at this table. Okay. And I am getting really tired of watching old movies set in the future that has already come to pass. Okay, it's, it's very disappointing. You mean like Escape from New York? Oh, all the future. Every, of every movie that was every movie that was made in the 1980s and early 90s, like in the far future of 2015. <laughs> in the it's year like, God, darn it, man. Like it's funny too because like modern, it's like even like Back to the Future, it's gone. It's oh yeah, on. it's way past. You yeah. know, it's just it's weird, huh? It's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. no flying cars. I feel yeah. Yeah. very disappointed. Yep. Yeah, I feel it, man. Uh, the only thing I'm not disappointed about is if this this future that we see the um, the wardrobes haven't come true, which is I, I'm happy about that. Wow. Have you the, walked around on the strip lately? <laughs> no, I haven't. Is it pretty bad? <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> I think you just jinxed everything. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna start wearing like dirty clothes, and everybody's gonna have. Except for some reason, instead of like shoulder pads and um, you know. Grommets. Cur- curtains and stuff, you know, <laughs> people are wearing like the tightest clothes they can find possible. <laughs> Expandex, yeah, it's comfy, dude. Uh, there is Gray people. There are people down there that have no shame. You got to be able to like move around in case shit goes down. It's just yeah. like, you, don't, be able to you don't want somebody to be able to like grab a hold of your curtain rod. Uh, oh, 
I, I don't know this because I was thinking about you got to be. I was going to say you got to be ready to riot at any moment, right? Yeah. There was there was a scene at the very beginning of this movie where people were rioting and yeah. they were all wearing masks like the M ninety five, and I was like, <gasps> Oh no, it's coming true. It's coming true. Yeah, it freaked me out a little bit. Some of this stuff does freak you out. Yeah, but but this is basically like a chase movie where the the Japanese yakuza who are, are in conjunction with the Chinese corporations are trying to hunt down Johnny to keep the information in his head from getting out publicly. And uh, our, our main kind of like bad guy is named um, Shinji. And uh, he's got like this fake thumb because he, he had to cut off his thumb for like some type of honor thing. That's and, the Yakuza thing. And, and yeah. he's, he's got this um, microfilament like charged fiber that can cut through anything. Oh, that thing was badass. Yeah. And so like the entire time, like this guy is the one who's trying to hunt down Johnny and Johnny ends up hiring uh, Jane to um, kind of be his bodyguard. And he's the entire movie. He's trying to get this thing out of his head because the, the people he was supposed to unload this, uh, this information to in Newark, they just want to cut his head off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut his head off and take the, take the data. Yeah. And they, they need like the special visual code in order to unlock the data in order to download it. But the code got destroyed back when he was in Beijing. So he's trying to find a way to recover this code in order to get it out of his head because the longer, he uploaded like twice the amount of, of he, up, he uploaded like 300. Yeah. He was he only had supposed to upload 80. So his capacity for his upload enhancement was 80 gigs and he well, uploaded no, 300 gigs. He, he, he got some type of like expansion so he could upload up to a hundred and I want to say like 30 gigs. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. He got a portable DVD player that you <laughs> plug into your, uh, your lighter in your car. If you have like a, like a 1995 Ford focus. Yeah. I, think, I think he had 150 something. Gigs. I don't know. It was like an absurdly but small they, but amount. They, but they for, put in 300. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so because of this like over capacity of information in his brain, his brain is starting to break down. And so in order to save you know his life, he needs to get rid of it. And uh, he does that through like a very big, long, convoluted series of events that leads him to a psychic dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> this, this broke me. I saw this and, and I was and like – And the crazy thing is this is from – this is directly from the, the short story. Yeah. I mean it's funny <laughs> because on paper you're like dolphins are extremely intelligent. Some scientists even say they're more intelligent than primates. So it's like, okay, you can see that this animal might have some – natural acuity to being able to like solve puzzles or whatever <laughs> and i'm just like it's a dolphin with a freaking radar dish on its head Some things don't translate well, very well just, from paper so, to yeah it was, it was uh, dolphin of borg yeah like, so, yeah so, dolphin borg so in the short story the military developed these hyper intelligent uh dolphins in order to basically like hunt down submarines and stuff like that and they controlled them by getting them addicted to heroin. <laughs> and in the short story, this this dolphin um, that helps out Johnny Mnemonic at the end, he he agrees to help him in exchange for heroin. <laughs> so Johnny basically gets like a bunch of heroin and gives it to this dolphin in order for him to <laughs> unlock the code to download the information out of his brain and save his life. And then later in the future, it ends up in the back of the Deep's van. <laughs> <laughs> From the boys. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, all right. So real quick, let's talk about, since this is Keanu week, let's talk about Keanu's performance in this movie. Whoa. Whoa. Like there was, again, there was moments in this movie where I'm like, I can totally see this as being like Neo, like pre Neo. But there was other moments where he was legit trying to, be angry like his character was angry at somebody and it was just like 
just flatlined. And I'm like, man, I'm so angry. Yeah. It was like, where's the range, man? Give me like he, everything said he was angry except I mean, for his voice. Let's be fair. <laughs> What's up? He, he was Keanu the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Every movie. Yes. This is true. Sometimes it works. Pre, prenatal Neo. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. So like I, I saw this movie when it first came out in the theaters and I hadn't watched it again since, you know, um, Jude and I sat down to watch it for this podcast. <laughs> and the only thing I remembered from it was this one line of dialogue that when I was a teenager watching it in the movie theater, I thought was so stupid that it just stuck with me <laughs> for like, you know, 20 years. Um, and I, I even told Jude, I, I was like, what, well, wait for this line, wait for it. And it was the one where basically Johnny's having a meltdown under the bridge after their truck blows up. Oh yeah. And he's like, I want room service. <laughs> <laughs> And when it, when it was about to happen, I pointed to Jude. I, I was like, wait for it. Wait for it. And it oh, happened. man. And the fresh laundered shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, dude. I want it's funny. a $10,000 a night hooker. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like basically, Keanu Reeves just has this big meltdown, meltdown monologue <laughs> where like he's so sick of like having to rough it because he, he's, he's this guy who's just used to like having like a lot of money and pampering himself. And he just like loses it towards the, in the beginning of the third act of the movie. And he just goes off and, and <laughs> it's, it's the most emotion he shows the entire movie. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like we all give Keanu Reeves a bad time for his acting. We don't, we don't because he's literally the same dude in every single movie he plays. In. <laughs> yeah. Every movie we watch today, it's just, you know, kind of flat. He's Keanu, Keanu you yeah. know, it's just Keanu. And yeah. I think it's why we all like him. Right. I, I, it's weird because if it was another actor, we would be like, this is freaking trash, this but sucks. But it was like, it's, just, it's Keanu, man. Right, right, right. It, it is what it is. We love it. He's consistent. <laughs> you right. know what you're going to get like, when you walk into get it. Cast in all these movies. Yeah. He, he's kind of like Harrison Ford in the sense that every time you see him in a role, that's just him, the actor playing himself. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it is consistent, but he's so likable. Yeah. Well, that's why that's what yeah. we all like. him. Yeah. There's uh, one more before we get to final thoughts. There's one more thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, and it's Dolph Lundgren. In oh this yeah, movie. Street Jesus. What is going on? With I was like, for a good half the movie, I didn't think it was Dolph Lundgren. I was like, who is this guy? He looks just like Dolph Lundgren. I'm like, what is going on? Why is he like like that, assassin I, Jesus? I, I didn't know that was Dolph Lundgren. That, yeah. that, oh that is Dolph Lundgren. Then, I thought that was that other guy. He gets in a fight. He gets in a fight with Keanu, and through a series of events, he ends up in like being a charred, yeah, freaking electrocuted. electrocuted until he's just burnt crisp. And I'm like. Oh my God, that was freaking Dolph Lundgren. And, and they had this great fake out at the end where it looked like the charred husk of street Jesus was about to get up and fight again. Yeah. And it <laughs> turns out, like, no, they're just moving the body. They, yeah. <laughs> and they threw yeah. him into the river just unceremoniously. Just like, get rid of this no, thing. I, I remember when I saw this. So like this was kind of um, the last movie Dolph Lundgren did for like a long time because his career was in the, the toilet. <laughs> And, 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 uh, you know, when I saw him in, in this movie in the theater, I was like, Oh my God, they literally really scraped the bottom of the barrel for this one. <laughs> but, but watching it right now, I'm like, Oh cool. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> He's made a comeback. It was cool to see him in it, but I just did not understand what, what this character was. I was so like, what are they trying to do yeah, here? Like, like they needed more bad guys mm -hmm. to hunt down Johnny. Cause like the, why was he in a robe? Why was he Jesus? Well, well, he was a street preacher, street preacher. Yeah. and he, he was a religious zealot. Like his, his knife was like a crucifix that had like yeah. the, the point of it. It just down. seems like a very strange, like concept to put on. Yeah. Listen, the future is a crazy place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I think at a certain point, like they were just trying to throw in as, as 
off the wall stuff as, as they can. And a lot of William Gibson's themes, it's very kind of the dangers of capitalism and the dangers of organized religion, but also the dangers of technology. Basically, I, I think he just wants us to live in a field somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Assassin Street Jesus, played yeah. by Dolph Lundgren. That's. I mean, the cornfields aren't safe either. That's yeah. incredible. And he ended up killing uh, Henry Rollins <laughs> yep. by, by, through crucifixion. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's do final thoughts. Um, Jude, you haven't really talked that much. What are your. I don't wanna. You don't like this movie? You were just like done with it from start to finish? Uh, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I'm just really bummed out that I had to watch it. <laughs> That's a shame. All right, Vader. That's how I'm I feel sorry. About, I, st- I still feel that way about Chopping Mall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> what about Bad Taste, man? Come on. We've watched some stinkers. What? <laughs> I, I think I had that one blocked. Oh, that's Adam right. No, you didn't he watch it. He refused to watch yeah, it. Yeah, he only watched the first 20 minutes. I watched 20 minutes and I said, no, nope. FK. <laughs> I'm not watching this trash. All right. So what did you think about Johnny Neutron or Johnny New? <laughs> Pneumatic. I, well, Pneumatic. Pneumatic. I don't know what Johnny Neutron is. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about this movie, man? Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's tough it, to call, huh? Yeah, it was. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was. Uh, wasn't Keanu at his best? That's for sure. Um, I liked the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I, I liked. I liked comparing what they thought twenty twenty one was supposed to look like compared to what it is. You know, I always <laughs> kind of enjoy that stuff. I like yeah. the cyberpunk elements like i said it takes me back to my role-playing days in the game because there was a lot of that stuff in there your, your larping days no, no LARPing. <laughs> well that's not exactly true <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's, another, oh, that's I, a whole other genre i want to see this that's a whole other genre i need to hear this story um i did it once okay I went, I, <laughs> he was young he needed the money i went i went to, i went to one vampire the masquerade event oh my God. Okay. <laughs> with my friends <laughs> Who were like, hey, dude, let's go check this thing out. But that's a story for another day. Okay. Um, um, no, Johnny Mnemonic, it's, I don't know. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's not good. It's tough. It's but tough it's, to But say. at the same time, I had some nostalgia feels for it. And uh, Ice-T's hair was amazing. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Incredible. I'm I'm a, I'm pretty much going to echo what Vader said. I'm pretty much on the same line as you. But uh, yeah. Kate, what are your final thoughts? You seem to really have like a big grasp over this whole concept, and you seem to enjoy it. Kate, she's this- going to go on for about 45 minutes about why we're all too stupid <laughs> to understand the genius behind this movie. No. And go. <laughs> uh, I don't think this movie was genius. I remember I was really excited to see it in the theater when I was a teenager. And um, I remember being bored out of my head when I was watching it in the theater and just being like, oh, my God, this movie's terrible. I remember being bored out of my head when I watched it this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, lo- looking back on it, like it- it's kind of funny because my perspective has definitely shifted since my initial viewing. And this is like one of Dolph Lundgren's best performances. This is one of Ice-T's best performances. <laughs> you know? um, like the, the story behind uh, the making of this movie where, you know, you had – uh, William Gibson and and the director Longo kind of like get together and, and it morphed from like this art house independent film into like this bloated big budget Hollywood bastardization of uh, Gibson's work. Um, like, like Vader, I have like some nostalgic feels like rewatching this movie because I remember in that time period in the nineties when CGI was kind of coming to prominence and, and you know, the internet was becoming a thing and, yeah. and like- there were, there were all these movies that were coming out kind of based around that, that concept. And I was kind of in the middle of that because I, I was like a technophile. Like I loved technology. So we're going to be able to talk to each other on TVs pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
dude, we could watch a video on the internet. I know. <laughs> you know, like, like now we have FaceTime and never use yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, there was like a lot of stuff that was kind of just kind of coming to the forefront of society around this time. And these movies were kind of like a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, but in addition, it was also kind of the first actual Hollywood visualization of a William Gibson like story. And, um, Neuromancer was kind of like on the horizon and that was supposed to be like what the matrix eventually became. Um, so like, uh, that was kind of like in an anticipation for that, that movie, the Neuromancer film, I was like super into this film. And then when I saw it, it was just such a disappointment. And I think that this movie actually probably did a lot to kill, um, Neuromancer, uh, before it could get going. Mm. Uh, so overall, like, yeah, I agree with you guys. It's not a good movie. Um, I'd probably give it two stars out of five. Yeah. But, I was going to say, but for the most part, like, that's right where I'm at too. Like there, there are some nostalgic factors and some weird, like predict, like, predict the future factors that uh, kind of make this movie a little bit more enjoyable than it, than it used to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. If uh, I had a chance to chop off an arm and get something cool put on there instead, <laughs> I'd totally do it. Yeah. I would. We're uh, getting there. We're almost there. We're getting there pretty close. Yeah. We're, we've got people doing that right now. It's like if I have had an accident and had to have a, you know, Luke Skywalker hand, that would, that they would, have that, those. That would be too bad. They have those know? now. <laughs> it, it was funny though. Cause I think in the short story, the, the amount of storage that Johnny had in his head was like 256 megabytes. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in the that's movie, they, they, they were like, Oh, that's nothing. Our podcast to... takes up more space. <laughs> than that. Yeah. We have to jack it up to like, I got to get a way better like 80 gigs. Hard driving that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for uh Johnny mnemonic, 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 whatever. doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> It's available. It's out there. It's we're worth. Put, we're putting a poll out. It's worth. <laughs> it's worth. I'm it. gonna put it in Uglish right now. I, I, I do think Jude had a point where the fact that you can't pronounce this uh, title uh, <laughs> does pro- ruin pro- it. Probably has. William Gibson has terrible titles for his stuff, other than Neuromancer. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that definitely hurt the movie because yeah. people are like, "Oh, did you see that Johnny Minimum movie?" <laughs> what else? What would you title? I would just title it Cyberpunk or something like that. Cyberpunk. 2021. <laughs> we got to cool. call, call it Newark. Newark. <laughs> one, one night in Newark. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for last movie. Uh, before we move on to the next one, let's hear a quick word from some sponsors. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, just a reminder, if you would like to get this podcast ad free and also get a bunch of other cool stuff like bloopers and behind the scenes, uh, you can go to saltynerdclub.com, join the club, become a patron, help support the podcast. And uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, our goal is to get to 1000 patron subscribers so that we can uh, put out some more content for you guys, because the more uh, support we get from you, the more chances we'll be able to put out some extra content and uh, have some fun and grow the podcast and grow the brand. So consider helping us out. Go to saltynerdclub.com and join Join the Salty Club. All right. Next on our list for movies is, or for Keanu Reeves movies, is 47 Ronin. And I freaking loved of course you this did. movie. Wow. It was so much fun. Jude, why don't you tell me what this movie is all about? Okay. So. <laughs> She's like, all right. <laughs> don't be so. If I have to. <laughs> don't be so enthusiastic, Jude. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> 2013's 47 Ronin. So the revenge of the 47 Ronin, also known as the Aiko incident or Aiko vendetta, is an 18th century historical event in Japan in which a band of Ronin avenged the death of their master. And the incident has since become legendary. Yeah. So this movie starring Keanu Reeves uh, was budgeted for $175 million. Wow. What do you think it made? $400 million worldwide. 
What? <laughs> I don't know. Vader. You're not even trying. <laughs> no, I'm not. Go what ahead. What's the budget? 200, well, 150, right? Uh, 175. You guys don't even listen to me. 175. 175. Oh, 280. 280. 38. No way. No. Worldwide, it was 151. That's got to be domestic. Domestic. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, yeah. 38 million domestic? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is like a, to me, this type of movie should be counted worldwide because America, the US audience isn't exactly the main draw. Let me look up. Well, he just told us. How much oh, did it what, make worldwide? What was it? it was 151 million worldwide. 150. So it didn't even so make its it money back? So it still didn't make its money back. Well, well, but here's the thing, though. Okay. So that budget figure, mm-hmm. um, because of all like the reshoots and and special effects that they had to go back and redo for this movie, it's estimated that this like movie- the spider act- jizz? <laughs> it's estimated that this movie actually cost $225 million. Oh, my God. And Universal needed to make at least a half a billion dollars just to break even on it. And so this was considered one of the, the biggest flops of 2014, I think. And it cost uh, Universal to actually end the year in the red oh, because it lost them so much money. That's so sad. I love this movie. It was so beautiful and so much fun. And the story was like awesome. Like just, It's a classic story, right? We've seen it a million times. And have, have we? Yeah, it's the forty-seven Ronin. That's been redone a million times. Ronin, you know the the, as old as time. the masterless samurai goes on a revenge quest to well, avenge his uh, master. The, like the, I, this is the only American version of that story. Uh, there, uh, the, the other versions of it have only been done in Japan. And um, well, I watch foreign films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, name one. Uh, forty-seven Ronin. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mister Nerd. <laughs> Anyway, I don't remember. I just, everything about this, I thought the costumes were beautiful. I love this era in Japanese history. I love the stories. I thought the characters all worked really well. Keanu as like the, the slave half breed who nobody, you know, respected, who eventually grew to become the hero of the, of the 47 Ronin. I was just like, this is freaking awesome. I thought it worked really well. And I thought the CGI looked great for the time. The, the monsters that they were fighting looked pretty freaking cool. For the time. This was 2013. Yeah. That's ten. That's almost like five, six years ago, Jude. <laughs> in CGI land, that's like a decade. That is a long time. In, in tech, tech years. In tech years, yeah, that's a long time ago. Uh, I don't know. I just yeah. there wasn't anything I didn't like about this movie. I I, I followed it all the way through. I, I didn't think it was confusing at all. I like I, again. I can't I can't say it enough how much I love the costumes in this movie. The armor and the the dresses that the the maidens were wearing. I was like, this is freaking awesome, it's man. Too bad the story wasn't as good as the costume. Yeah, I totally disagree with you. <laughs> what? Why? Well, I think that it. I was very frustrated because it had so much potential to be really great and beautiful and um like really magical and it just fell short. I felt like nothing was fleshed out enough for me to really get into it. It was beautiful and that was it. And Mm. I kept having a hard time like following who was who and what is that the same girl? No, that's a different girl. Okay. But who's that? Oh, it doesn't matter now, I guess. And it just, it wasn't interesting to me. Oh, I completely disagree. I wanted to be into it way more than I was. And I ended up just being really frustrated with it. Oh, I think think I'm somewhere in the middle of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think about this movie? Um, I liked, like you said, it was a visually, it was, it was fun. It was pretty costumes were good. The CGI was good and all that kind of stuff, but the story was kind of. Yeah. Really? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I don't know. I just, cause I, it wasn't like overly complicated. I felt like it was fairly no. simple, you know, 
revenge. Well, you, you know? know how we've yeah. talked in the past about how like when you watch something as a child and you like it because kids are dumb. <laughs> yeah. That's you. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a low blow, dude. <laughs> That's terrible. It, it, it's me too. <laughs> I don't think I don't think this is a great movie, but I've I've seen it a dozen times. Well, just because it's pretty. I I, I enjoy yeah. these kind of movies. This is a movie that I would go to the theater to watch. I yeah, totally. And so, I you know, I like that the sorry, uh, Kadish, what did you think about this movie? Well, I mean, here here's the thing. So the actual story of the 47 Ronin um is so naturally full of like drama and you know, crazy characters and betrayal. Like, like it's basically the Japanese game of Thrones um, type thing. And uh, the director of this movie, Carl Rinch, um, he originally wanted it to be kind of like more of an art house samurai movie where it was, it was more grounded in reality and universal wanted a Lord of the Rings type uh, fantasy epic. And so like they kind of forced in this idea that, instead of taking the actual story and retelling it for American audiences, um, they were going to basically add in witches and wizards and dragons and monsters and stuff like that. And every time one of these fantasy elements came into the movie, I was just so taken out of it because I I felt like it didn't fit. And uh, I like, I would have much rather have seen like a more kind of grounded, like, like this is like a historically accurate depiction of what happened. Anybody who watches this movie, but that stuff getting taking them out is watching a movie they didn't think they were going to watch. Yeah, I, I was actually I mean, surprised it was a fantasy movie. This is a straight up fantasy movie, and anybody that went and watched this in the theaters at the time knew that going in because everything in the marketing for this movie was CGI dragons and and monsters and sword fights. But, but I didn't feel like they were used very well. Like I, oh, I, think- I, I didn't like any of the special effects in this movie. I didn't like any of the monsters. I found that um, like the the wit, the witch was was very cringy. Um, m- m- the thing I hated most about this, so like, there's this big super samurai golem that's like in this movie, oh, and, yeah. and they really build him up to be like this real badass. Where, you know, like he he's like the mountain for samurai, yeah, pretty much, and yeah. and he he's got like this really awesome armor. And in the climax of the movie, during the final battle, he's like marching towards all the Ronin, and it looks like <laughs> shit's gonna go down. And then like a bomb just blows up and kills him. And you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'll give you that one. (laughs) That's fair. But but I mean, like even like, like the weird, you know, snake people that raised Keanu Reeves. No, they were, they were bird people, eagles, whatever they were. Who even knows? Yeah, I I knew, I knew immediately. They had like very hawk looking faces. I I I didn't know anyone's name. I thought they were. Okay. Well, that might be just an American thing because all the names were very Japanese. So I didn't really try to keep track of that either. I was like, is that the name of the village or (laughs) is that someone's name? I just went off of the actor. Like if I could follow which actors were which, I was good. No, it's funny because, uh, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Sanada, who who played um, like the like the main Ronin in yeah. this movie, yeah. and we've seen him as Musashi in Westworld, mm-hmm. and like he's been in like a lot of stuff. He's probably the most recognizable uh, Asian actor in this movie. I thought the um, the emperor the emperor guy was a recognizable oh, face. Oh well, yeah, because he was Shao Kahn. Yeah, exactly <laughs> from, from, from Mortal, Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And then um, uh, the main like bad prince dude that took wait, over. What? The emperor, the main emperor. Well, no, the shogun guy who who was the one who was ordering everyone to kill themselves uh, was was played by uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. We're so sorry, people. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry for betraying. <laughs> we are so that, white. He says that better yeah. than most normal names. Yeah, so. for yeah. Real. but but he he, he played Shao Kahn in uh, the Mortal Kombat movie, and he, and he's basically like he's been in so many. Like he was in Red Sun with. 
Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And, and He's uh, a, your soul is mine. Yes, yes. that yes. guy. Yes. That's the Shogun. Yeah, yeah. that's the Shogun. Yeah. I, you didn't notice <laughs> I just, oh, I, mine just blew up. I picked that up right away. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was funny because Oishi, who was uh, Hiroyuki's character, um, like Jude and I kept thinking that he was the, the uh, Lord's son, but he actually wasn't. No. He, he was just like one of his bodyguards he was he was the the captain of his yeah show but, but we yeah. kept we kept thinking like like is that it where's where's the guy's Where, son <laughs> like, like, like we were so confused over like who everyone was in this movie yeah oh, I, I, no, I, I, I was, was never fine. i was never confused about who was what yeah that wasn't hard for me to follow at all and, and to speak of the fantasy thing i just wanted to, to kind of reply to that um i felt like the the fantasy element was peppered in just enough where it wasn't overused like i love like it opens up with this cool fight and they're fighting some kind of crazy dragon like well you know well they, they set that up right at the beginning of the movie yeah exactly japan is this this mythical kind yeah of strange yeah and magical it, place to the far east that nobody knows anything about from the west and, yeah it, i, I and, love that aspect to it and i think it was used great because it yeah. was like here was little elements of it here and then we see keanu reeves fighting some like giant troll thing on the on yeah. the the pirate island or whatever i'm like this is freaking this is cool stuff man and, and i love and that i, kind I don't of thing. know for sure but i think most of those elements were taken out of japanese lore yeah and stories yeah, and stuff probably too, so. i just i like the 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 whole idea that like Keanu Reeves was this like mythical creature who refused his calling to be like a warlock or a witch or whatever and like went off to live with the humans and he's always had this tie to the mythical side of things and that's what gives him like the supernatural ability to like fight really well and I'd be super skilled and I just I don't know his his character was very humble and he always you know he he treated everybody with respect and eventually that came at the end of the movie it paid off where people paid him respect because of, of how good of a person he Even was. Though everybody treated him like crap. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the movie, Stupid everybody half breed every, by the end of the movie, everybody agreed that he was like, yeah, he's an honorable hero yeah. samurai. And I was just like, that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Can, can I just give a rundown of what the overall story is? Sure. Go ahead. This movie in case anyone needs the stage set. So, um, basically, uh, their counter Reeves, he plays this, you know, half Asian, half, uh, white character named Kai, who's found running out of the forest when he's a kid. Um, he's basically uh, adopted by uh, Lord Asano, who finds him in the forest. And he's kind of taken in um, by his household, and he runs this little uh, kingdom of um, Eiko. Counter Reeves grows up. He's like, you know, still, he's a, still he's kind a of slave. ostracized. Yeah, he's... Um, but he, he's got kind of like this love story going on with uh, the, the Lord's daughter. And it turns out that he's actually like a very skilled like um, warrior, but like he's never allowed to kind of show off his skills because the the samurai that serve his master are kind of like suspicious of him and, and don't treat him very well. Anyway, um, so the shogun is coming to visit uh, his kingdom and they're going to put on a kind of tournament in, mm -hmm. in the, the shogun's honor. And uh, a rival lord from a neighboring kingdom uh, comes in and sabotage it. Yeah. And ba basically uh, he is like, like he has the the help of, of a witch and this guy, the bad guy's name is, is Kira, Lord Kira. And so he uses his witch to kind of like um, trick the uh, Lord of, of Aiko, uh, Lord uh, Asano uh, to attack him. And uh, because he was like under, like bewitchment. Yeah. He didn't know what he was doing. And the dishonor of attacking a guest in your kingdom necessitated that, um, the Shogun order him to commit uh, suicide, seppuku, uh, ritual suicide. 
And so once the, um, the Lord does this in order to regain the honor of his house, basically all 47 or all of his Ronin or all of his samurai, I should say, um, hundreds of them are now masterless and they're disgraced by being Ronin. And the Shogun gives the daughter a year to grieve for her father. And then she's to marry, uh, Lord Kira and Kira is going to take over, uh, her father's kingdom. And so the samurai over the course of a year, kind of like go into hiding. Yep. And, um, the, the main guy, um, Oishi, he's put in, in a, a, a prison pit. A pit yeah. of despair. <laughs> and, and during that year that he's just in a pit, not doing anything, he plots his revenge. Yes. So when, when he comes out, he goes, he finds Kai because Kai was trying to warn them about a witch and they didn't believe him. So he recruits Kai and then he recruits 47 other. Uh, Only of, demons can see witches. Yeah. Are you a demon? <laughs> he recruits 47 of, of his uh, former samurai companions to enact revenge. And so they, they go on this quest to get swords and they get, they get magic swords from the forest owl creatures. Yeah. That was a cool thing. I like that. It was like the, the, um, trials trial of, uh, of the wills or whatever. Yeah. It was cool. And then they go and they, they attack Kira's kingdom. They save uh, their master's former daughter and uh, they get revenge by, you know, killing the people who led to their master's demise. And then they turn themselves into the Shogun and the Shogun's like, well, you have to die. Yeah. You all have to kill yourselves. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a, like I, for, from Strange, an, very Japanese. Yeah. From an American perspective, I'm like, man, that ending sucked. But then I have to remember like, this is like the honor, the most honor you could do for well, a samurai. That, that was the actual ending in, in actual like history because ba basically the, the, the emperor, when he was presented with this issue where the samurai went against his orders to not get revenge, but they also honored their master by doing so. So yeah. it was like a weird catch 22. And he was like, well, by all rights, you should die, but I'm going to let you die like samurai. Yeah. So yeah. everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. And, and it was kind of funny because when the, the, the Shogun at the end of this movie was like, like I would be merciful and let you commit seppuku. <laughs> and I just kind of laughed at that. I was like, "Gee, thanks, pal." <laughs> yeah. so that's a great way to go. That's you just know. that's just the. I can disembowel myself publicly now. Yeah. That's great. That's that's just a cultural difference. Thumbs up. <laughs> I will admit, I was a little bummed out at that ending, but that's just that's just the American version or the American in me. I'm like, man, that that I would I would be bummed out, but I understand that historically. From their perspective, that would be the honorable thing to do. So, yeah, but so, um, all right, I guess the, the story behind this movie is actually kind of interesting because the guy who directed it, uh, Carl Wrench, so he had done like commercials and stuff like that beforehand, but this was like his first like major Hollywood feature film. And they really threw him into the deep end with this one. Like, you know, your first film being like almost $200 million and a foreign film at that. You have to, yeah. yeah. Oh, wasn't it filmed all in Japan, Japanese well, they, first? They, they, they did a lot like what Norsemen did where yeah. they would film it in Japanese first and in, in like the native language. So like all the Japanese, um, or, um, you know, the people who spoke Japanese at, at, as like extras and stuff like that would know what the lines were. And then, um, they would shoot the same scene in uh, English, you know, in, in, pre-production um, when he, when he came on board this, this film, he was very kind of decisive. He was very creative. A lot of people were like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. But then as soon as it got to the production and post-production phase, he, he just, it became clear he was in over his head and they had like a lot of issues with this movie to the point where the, the studio was stepping in, they were rewriting the script as it, as it was going. And when they got into the editing room, they actually had to kick the director out and take over the movie because he was, Basically, he didn't know what he was doing. And uh, to give you an idea of, you know, kind of like the incompetence that was on play, um, 
So Keanu Reeves is the star of this movie, right? You, we right. all agree on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. He he was not in the final battle of the movie originally. <laughs> like it was basically just the 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 Ronin the uh, who went and attacked uh, Lord Kira's uh, castle castle. Yeah. And uh, they actually had to go back and reshoot all of Keanu Reeves scenes for that final movie because he was just left out. Is that why he was by himself the whole time? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, like they, like they, they added the whole love story with him uh, in, in reshoots between him and, and the, uh, the princess. Oh, they didn't. I didn't need that. Oh, they, I thought they did fine with that because it was set up from the very beginning that she was the one. Well, well that was originally who, not, not in the, the movie. Oh, okay. They had to go back and add all that stuff in. Huh. And uh, and basically, they had to go back and add in like a lot of close-ups of Keanu doing stuff. Because so basically, like, everything that Keanu did in this movie is a reshoot. Almost, <laughs> almost, almost, yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and and the reshoots for this stuff, um, like because uh, Keanu was doing another movie at the time, and like they had to wait for him to get done in order to do these reshoots. So the movie got pushed back, and that's why the budget ballooned up to like two hundred twenty-five millions uh, reportedly is because, you know, basically this director didn't get all the Keanu stuff that he needed to to make this movie work. Got to get that blue steel. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's do uh, some final thoughts. I'll just, I'll say one thing. I, I My favorite scene in the entire movie uh, was was the attack on the castle during the play. I, that was so freaking cool to me. The, the synchronized, like, assassination of all the guards and they all took yeah. over so that nobody noticed and, like, they were getting prepped and ready to assassinate the, the main bad guy. I'm like... That whole sequence of events and how it was shot and how it played out, I'm like, this is freaking – it was so much fun. I had a ton of fun with this movie and uh, I don't understand why people don't like it because for me, it's like right up my alley. I'm like, this yeah. is like feudal Japan with all the crazy freaking you know, fantasy elements added to You're it. You're very much the outlier in your taste. I freaking love it. I loved it, dude. <laughs> like, like, like you love Sahara. I do. Sahara's <laughs> not bad. You, you don't like uh, Goonies oh my God. Monster Squad. Didn't you talk to him about getting a different ar- argument? I tried. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying your your tastes are very outside the mainstream, Alex. I think, I I think it's safe to say we all like movies that the rest of us don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that, that's my final thought. I think it's well worth a watch, uh, especially if you like the the feudal Japan style movies. Um, I, again, the costumes were just phenomenal. I thought it was so beautiful to look at. And uh, I really enjoyed the story. So I would highly suggest if you're into that kind of thing, go watch this movie. I think it's well worth it. But uh, Vader, what did you think? Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think it's a really fun movie. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty to look at. The story's eh. It's okay. It's not that great, but, <laughs> but uh, it, it was visually it's, it's fun. And those are the kind of movies I like. I like my eyes to be entertained and yeah. they were entertained in this movie. I'm not looking for a big, deep, you know, story. This is a love story and I mean, with the revenge yeah, element to it, element to it. Yeah. So yeah. just give me some sword fights. Give me some monsters, some, <laughs> some, some owl, eagle, snake demons in the woods, some pirate fights. I'm good. It's yeah. Fine. I thought, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, highbrow cinema by any means, but uh, I would have easily spent the movie ticket to go watch this. I think I did. I don't remember, but Mm. whatever. (laughs) I'd definitely rent it again for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd watch it. If we got like a group together and we wanted to watch some fantasy movie, I'd watch this movie. Uh, Jude. All your friends would leave. Yeah. (laughs) You guys would leave. I'll stay. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Uh, Jude, what did you think about this movie? Give us some final thoughts. I feel and- like Vader has betrayed me and I want him to seppuku <laughs> himself. <laughs> Ritual suicide. <laughs> Whatever, chopping mall. <laughs> Rip your shirt off. <laughs> 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 
I don't know. I just found it very disappointing and frustrating hmm. and I didn't, I didn't care for it. That's I'll never watch it again. I won't recommend it. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> it makes mm. me sad to hear you say that. I'm sorry. I'm such a Mr. Poopy <laughs> Pants today. That's all right. Uh, Kadish, final thoughts on this movie and would you recommend it? Uh, I would not recommend it. Uh, I, I found the script to be very poorly done. I didn't like any of the acting. I, I feel like if you had gotten a director like Ridley Scott to come in and do this movie, it might've been good. Um, but the fact that, you know, you had a first time director who was clearly in over his head, I think it, it affected the movie. And it kind of reminds me of another movie that came out around this time with Matt Damon called the great wall with, uh, Pedro, oh, that was terrible. Pedro Pascal oh, yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. that awful. It, it, it's very similar in the sense that like, you know, it, it takes kind of like, um, historical, uh, stuff and mixes it with, with fantasy. And, um, I feel like both of those movies just didn't work for me. And, but I actually thought that the great wall was better than this movie. What? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> you're crazy. You're, you're, you're irrelevant. I, 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 just, <laughs> I just felt like it was a better written movie. Um, but regardless, I, neither, I, neither movie w- was good in my opinion. You're getting, he's gnashing his teeth over I, I, here. I, I can't even finish the great wall. <laughs> I've never finished that movie. But, uh, you know, getting back to my take on this movie, yeah, like overall, I just felt very meh. Like, like I didn't feel like the acting stood out. I didn't think the special effects were all that good. I felt the story was a mess. <laughs> I'd give it like a good two stars out of five. I think like it's not a one star movie by any means, but a part of me, I, I'm like, I just wish that they had just told the story straight up like an Akira Kurosawa film or something like that. As then opposed, go watch Akira Kurosawa. As, as, as opposed <laughs> he to, thought he was. Yeah, <laughs> a, 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 as opposed to this like bastardization of Lord of the Rings and, and actual history. That's hmm. what it was marketed as. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd never, like, I thought this was a Netflix original actually, because I'd never seen it in the theaters. I'd never seen it. Oh no. I knew when this came I, out. I knew exactly when yeah. I saw this movie. When the aver- I like, like he said earlier, the advertisements, every trailer had all the monsters in it yeah <laughs> i was like oh that's cool like that's that cool factor for like, me I was oh like, oh. i don't want to go watch this fantasy movie with i, I guess i can fantasy I, shit I, I i came <laughs> to this cold like i didn't yeah. expect it to be like once the opening crawl said it was a time of witches and monsters i was like oh okay um but <laughs> oh that that was like the yeah that's, that's the hook man <laughs> that's the hook but, but i don't even feel like they did it very well they didn't establish I, I a whole lot of stuff disagree. very well yeah i disagree too but that's all right i, the, I find i find you meh the, t- <laughs> <laughs> the table is split on the salty nerd <laughs> podcast uh all right guys that's it for 47 ronin uh before we move on to our next topic let's hear a quick word from some sponsors Welcome back, everybody. Hey, real quick, if you guys would like to support the podcast and get some cool merch in return, go to SaltyNerdStore.com. There we have all of our T-shirt designs. You can get hoodies. You can get uh, stickers and magnets and face masks and all kinds of cool stuff. So go there. Check it out. Any money that we get from the store goes directly back into the podcast so we can buy some new equipment or uh, get ourselves going on some live YouTube videos and stuff like that. So uh, consider helping us out and get something really awesome in return. That's yeah. SaltyNerdStore.com. And send us some pictures of you with the swag. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, we'd love that. Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter or hashtag Instagram. Hashtag us. Salty Nerd Show. Tag yeah. us. Tag I don't follow hashtags, so just tag me. Salty Nerd. Well, you're not the only one that's out there. All right. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys uh, don't have the money to spend, um, you can always help us out by sharing our podcast around to your friends, leaving us reviews, stuff like that. Those go a long way to supporting the podcast. Yes, for sure. Five-star review would be much appreciated. All right, guys. The last movie on our Keanu Reeves list today is Speed. The best. (laughs) 
1994. Okay. Go ahead, Jude. Take it away. All right. So there's a bomb on a bus. <laughs> That's it. That's the plot. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. All right. There's a bomb on a bus put there by a madman oh. and Jack Tra- Traven? Traven? Yeah. And a wild cat named Annie got to keep the bus above 50 miles an hour or it will explode. The cop who plays by his own rules. Yeah. Jack Traven. So the budget for this was $30 million. I will give you domestic and then you can guess worldwide. Okay. Domestic, it made $121 million. God. What do you think it made worldwide? Uh, 178 million. Better? I don't know, 280. 350. Damn. Uh-huh. This was a big movie. Why? I, I, I really don't like your attitude right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to dump the salt on yeah, this. this, is, this is how, how you can write 47 movie. Ronin, but not like speed is I beyond d- me. I did not. I, okay, my suspension of disbelief went out the freaking window. And I never recovered. When the, when the dragons and trolls showed up? No, 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 no. I knew what I was getting into. I knew what when I was getting into. When all those people in the elevator survived? That and the when, whole when, like... When the, when the, bus, gonna, when the bus jumped the freeway? Hold on. In the first 10 minutes, we've got freaking Dumb and Dumber Harry and Keanu Reeves. I cannot see that guy without seeing Dumb and Dumber, especially in this movie. I was like, he was borderline freaking Harry. Daniels. You were Jeff Daniels. Of, you were already out of order. Anyway. <laughs> so the elevator, it's it's established that the elevator's on like the 33rd floor. And after it fell, after the wires were cut, it stopped on like the 34 or 38th floor or whatever. But the building is like 50 stories, like 48 stories high. So they were they went down into the elevator thing and they were like, we have six minutes to defuse the bomb or, or get this guy's money or he's going to kill everybody. So in six minutes, they climbed their butts through the elevator shaft all the way up to the top, took a crane from the They're window really washing, shape. rolled the freaking crane w- wire all the way down to the 33rd so, floor. I need, to just, need, hooked to, it I need up. to stop you right now. It's dude. Yeah. I need to stop you right now because here's the thing. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. I do. Okay. I was you watching this. Seriously, like, need to extend. What's the word? Suspend your suspend disbelief. your your disbelief. I couldn't. Kind of I couldn't. This isn't a fantasy because if, movie. Because if you can't do that with these kind of stupid car chase movies, you're never going to be able to enjoy this kind of movie. You're not ever going to be invited to a heist if you can't <laughs> get on board with this. I just I was watching. I'm like, this is impossible. Nothing about what I'm seeing right Nothing now. Nothing in this movie you this is remotely possible. possible. <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I couldn't like once my suspension of disbelief was broken at that point, I, I never recovered the rest of the movie. Well, aren't you a delicate 90, snowflake that gets broken easily? 90% of the shit we watch from Hollywood is impossible. It's okay. Well, this was, they didn't work very hard. The to rock try to jumping you. from skyscraper to skyscraper. I don't like the fast and furious either. I don't like that stuff either. No, I wasn't even talking about that. Yeah, he was talking oh, about skyscraper. Okay. Skyscraper. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing that's possible in these kind of movies. I just didn't buy it. I, I wasn't sold, and it well, took me out of the movie. Says Says the salty didn't buy it, guys. Dinosaur movies. <laughs> salty didn't buy it. This bad. It's science it fiction. This is not a science fiction movie. There's a difference. I'm gonna stab you in the face. I know you guys are all giving me the evil eye. All right, Vader. Why don't you tell me why you love this freaking movie it's so much? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It's 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 it's. Bombs and cop chases and buses. The bad and, guy. And 
But bad guy literally did like an evil maniacal laugh, like, so what? We'll see each other again. <laughs> yeah. And like disappeared into the garage. I'm not saying the movie doesn't have issues, but the movie's just fun. It's, it's so fun. It's, a, it's fucking diehard on a bus, dude. It's so great dumb. dialogue. It's considered to be one of the um, best thriller movies. Oh, um, it's got Sandra it, like Bullock in it. It was cute. It was half a comedy. I was laughing half the time. There was some moments that were laughable. This yes. is ridiculous. I was watching this movie with my wife. My wife watched this movie with me. And I'm like, that's gonna, the stamp of approval. Well, a what? story will watch a yes, whole movie with him. I go, watch, they're going to jump this absolutely impossible <laughs> part of the freeway. It's not ever going to happen. And there's going to magically be a ramp at the end of the freeway that this bus is going to jump over. When like two seconds before that, they show the freeway where they're jumping. And there is no ramp. What? There's nothing blocking the end of the thing. You, you want to hear it's a funny just, st- it's just, That kind of stuff's fun. I don't give I did, a shit. I didn't buy for a second that they would be able to keep that thing over 50 when they were crashing through cars. Going around the corner. And taking corners. It, yeah. I'm like, there's I no way. That. I said there's that. There's no possible way this works. I said that to the wife. I go, there's 10 miles per hour. That, there's another 10 miles per hour. There's five miles per hour. Oh, they hit that tree. That, they're, going, they're, they're, going, they're going like 12 miles per hour right now. The baby with the beer cans. <laughs> it's absolutely impossible. I don't give a shit. Ma'am. I don't care. Ma'am. It was cans. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Are you sure? Are you sure? It was cans. This was a lampoon. Ma'am. This was a it comedy was, movie. It was an early 90s action movie. Trash. All right, Not um, trash. I, I, I got to set the stage for this movie. Okay, go ahead. I did it already. The There's a bomb on a bus. Yeah. You can't go under over. You can't go under 50 once they go over. Yeah. And there's a bomb and the, they do the bomb goes off. And the bad guy's an ex-cop who wants to get $3 million to retire on. Set the stage. <laughs> It's the a very stage, stage is set. set. It's very right. simple. It's very There's simple. A gold watch, <laughs> There's a gold which watch, which is a yeah. clue. Which is a clue. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Matt. so Go there ahead. was there was another moment too with Jeff. Uh, not Jeff Goldblum. What was, what's his name? Uh, Jeff. No. Uh, Daniels. Daniel. Daniel. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Bridges. Where did I get? That? I don't know. <laughs> There's so many Jeffs. Um, where uh, he got drunk at his at the party when uh-huh. they were uh-huh. like celebrating for whatever reason. Sex. That was straight. <laughs> Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's how he plays Harry. He just plays his drunk self. It was the same mannerisms, the same voice, the same tempo. I'm like, and everybody sees Keanu as Johnny Utah or Bill and Ted. Sure. It just, it just took me out. It took me out of the whole, I did not get, I, I was not able to enjoy the movie because I was never in like yeah. sucked into the so, story. So for the people who haven't seen this movie, like me, like me. Um, so Keanu Reeves play is a cop who's part of like a, like a crisis response SWAT team. And at the beginning of the movie, there are these people who are being held hostage in a skyscraper elevator in downtown Los Angeles. And basically they're uh, the, the bomber kind of took out the elevator cables and he's got bombs on the emergency brakes and he's, he's demanding $3 million else he's going to kill all these people in the elevator. So Keanu Reeves, using his gut instincts as the rogue cop, Jack Traven, uh, he basically finds a way to um, kind of circumvent uh, this plan to kill all these people. He rescues all the people from the elevator. By becoming Spider-Man. He, uh, he, gets ups- uh, he upsets the, the bomber played by um, Dennis Hopper. And so Dennis Hopper plans to get his revenge by, you know, in- involving um, – Keanu Reeves' character in another bomb plot. And the bomb plot is basically there. He puts a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes over 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If the bus drops below 50 miles an hour, the bomb goes off, killing everyone on board. And so Keanu Reeves tracks down this bus. He gets on the bus. 
he tries to keep it over 50 miles an hour with the help of, you know, the, the police force. Sandra Bullock. And while this is going on, they, the bus keeps running into obstacles that threaten to drop it below 50 miles an hour. And eventually, you know, they get all the people off the bus. The bus blows up. Everyone's fine. And then Dennis Hopper kidnaps uh, Sandra Bullock's character, who was, you know, the bus driver. The wildcat. The wildcat. And uh, they go on the subway. And uh, Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper have a climactic fight on the subway. The subway car is damaged in the fight. Um, it can't slow down and it's going to run out of uh, track. Hold on. The reason why it can't slow down is because it's shorted out from the dude's blood. That was the reason that they came well, over. It works for me. Just get on <laughs> board, <laughs> Alex. The, the control panel also took a couple bullets. Did so, it? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. yes. I thought it was just the guy got blood no. on it. You need to pay attention. Because when he took, it was fine until he touched the button and then it sparked. And I was like, oh, okay. No, it had like multiple bullet holes. In oh, it. all right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so this, this movie, it's considered like probably one of the best action thrillers of the 90s. <sighs> and um, it was the first feature film of Jan de Bont, who was the cinematographer for John McTiernan on movies like Die Hard and Hunt for October. And uh, basically, the studio wanted John McTiernan to direct this movie originally, but McTiernan was busy with another film. So he suggested that Jan de Bont do it as his first feature. And this was kind of the thing that launched Jan de Bont's career. And he went on to make a, a Twister and a bunch of other terrible oh, I love movies. Twister. Um, but stupid uh, movie. It's impossible. <laughs> it was impossible. But, but this this movie was originally written by Graham Yost, who, uh, if you don't know who Graham Yost is, he's the writer and producer of uh, shows like Justified um, mm. with uh, Timothy Oliphant and uh, Sneaky Pete on um, Amazon Prime. And he's he's a very well respected, very good writer. And uh, this was his basically his first movie, his first script that got produced. And a uh, fun fact is that Joss, Joss Whedon actually came in and did like a rewrite on the script. <laughs> you and your fun facts. And of course. All, all, all the dialogue. <laughs> fun fact, everybody. All the dialogue in this movie was written by Joss Whedon. Well, that makes sense. His or, name J- is Joss. I'm sorry, Joss Whedon. What? Joss. Joss? Jays are wise. Yeah, for some <laughs> reason, I, I, I always go with the Nordic <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> he can say Iyoshi, <laughs> but he can't say Joss. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kill me anyway. But 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 originally in the script, Harry, the the Jeff Daniels character, he yeah. was supposed to be the bomber. He was that was like the big twist where it was real revealed that Harry was oh, the bomber. That would have been cool. And uh, would have been cool. <laughs> but but Joss Whedon came in and was like, well, we really need like a, a more focused bad guy. And so he was the one who came up with the idea of adding Dennis Hopper and also killing Harry halfway through the the, the movie and stuff like that. So Joss Whedon had a very big role in in the writing of this movie. And Keanu Reeves got cast based off of um, Point Break because um, Jan DeBont had watched Point Break and he was like, I think Keanu Reeves could carry an action movie. And this was like the – correct. Like I, I remember when all the commercials and the trailers for this movie came out and you always had that scene of Keanu Reeves jumping from the Porsche onto the bus. And that was really him doing that jump. Nice. And like I remember I was watching this uh, commercial with a, a good friend of mine who was also like a film um, – filmmaker person and he he saw this and he and his eyes bugged out of his head he was like oh my god did you just see that and i was like yeah that's cool right <laughs> i must have saw this movie like five times in the theater mm. like i loved it it was just such a pulse pounding fun adventure like action movie uh and if, if you look at the writing structure for this it's great because they're always presented with these new obstacles and then the minute that they overcome the obstacles and figure out a way to get past it 
they have a new, even worse obstacle that they have to uh, yeah. overcome. In fact, I think Sandra Bullock has a line in the movie where she's like, what, you didn't think uh, this job was hard enough? <laughs> you had to go and, <laughs> and uh, create a gas leak or something. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just like, uh, well, what happens if he doesn't get what he wants? And, and Keanu Reeves is like, well, I guess we do this again tomorrow. tomorrow. And she's like, but I'm not available to drive tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, actually, uh, Sandra Bullock uh, ad libbed a lot of her her stuff, like the gum line. Where, where, uh, I got gum. Yeah, see, gum. <laughs> I got gum on my seat. Gum. <laughs> is that the one where he has? She's trying to get away from that creepy yeah. tourist guy. Oh and darn! He was, wasn't he? Who is he? He's uh, super Alan, famous. Alan Ruck from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. That's where. Okay, yeah. I'm like, man, I, I couldn't place him for some reason. Yeah, Must be the hair. His character <laughs> Stevens was originally supposed to be kind of like a. a kind of asshole lawyer type guy who was on the bus and he was supposed to get killed off. Um, like when, uh, you know, they're moving over to, yeah, to the yeah. other bus on the runway. Uh, but, um, Joss Whedon changed the character to make him like a lot more sympathetic and uh, he decided not to kill him off. And I was kind of glad because like it, it, yeah, didn't, it, it didn't fit He's into quirky. like the stereotypical, like asshole lawyer guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's much more memorable. And the thing I like about this movie is like, so you have like all these people on the bus and in most movies, like you don't really get to know or care about any of these people, but they did a really good job of like kind of getting you to know them enough. Yeah. Where, where you were invested in their character. Yeah, Most of them had a little bit of a, yeah. they had one or Gigantor. two lines. Gigantor. Yeah. I thought that was funny when he called him that. <laughs> I didn't mean to shoot the driver, man. Helen, the old lady yeah. got uh, blown up. Yeah, I didn't like her. She deserved to die. <laughs> Selfish bitch. <laughs> I'm going. Screw all the rest of you. Boom. Gone. Just yeah. ran over. They were egging her on. And blown up and ran over. You also yeah. had uh, Joe Morton as uh, as Captain McMahon, um, who yep. was from Terminator 2. Yep. yep. And that fantastic mustache in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mustaches were on point in this yeah. movie. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because um, Jan de Bont uh, wanted Keanu Reeves to cut his hair because, you know, he had a typical long Keanu Reeves hair. Yeah. <laughs> and and so he, he was like, Keanu, like, go out and get like a, a – kind of haircut that a, a cop would actually get. And so Cameron is like on it. And he went and he got like a super like tight crew cut. Like he was basically bald. Yeah. And the studio f like flipped out. They were like, they're like, he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to actually delay shooting so that his hair could grow back in. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, so like the, the Alex, you can't laugh. You didn't like this movie. <laughs> I could laugh at the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, the, the haircut that you see Keanu have in this movie that that's like a month's worth of growth. <laughs> that's funny, right there, because they had to like delay shooting. That's funny. Uh, but you know, we we talked about one of the most iconic scenes in this movie is the the bus jumping the gap in the one hundred and five freeway. <laughs> yeah, and that was originally not in the script. One day on Debont, because they were using the one hundred and five because it, it wasn't open yet, so yeah. they they wouldn't have to redirect traffic. So when they were shooting this movie, Jan DeBont was driving by and he saw that they hadn't finished this part of the freeway yet. And he was like, we have to have a scene where the bus jumps. <laughs> that gap. And, and so like, you, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because we say like, oh, it's not realistic for a bus to make that jump. Right. Uh, you know, I'll tell me they actually jumped the bus. Well, they did. So, so, so here's the thing. Obviously there wasn't a gap there. The gap was put in digitally. But when they were uh, getting ready to film this thing, so like they, they had a special bus that was going to get up to at least seventy miles an hour, which is you know hard for buses. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good for a bus. And they also had like a special rig in the bus, so like it wouldn't compress the driver's spine. And the the driver's section was kind of put back further from the front, so like you know the driver wouldn't get ejected when it you know um, lands. Landed. So they they. <laughs> 
<laughs> all, all their experts. And it's kind of funny because you think like when people do these stunts, like like these people are like, they know what they're doing. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like they're super scientific about this stuff. They're like, mm, let's just try it. Let's try it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. so, so like uh, they estimated that the bus would, would jump about 20 feet. And so like they had all the cameras set up and they had all this stuff. And so the bus goes, it hits 70 miles an hour. It hits this ramp. It goes 50 feet and freaking lands on top of all the cameras they had set up. Oh, oh no. Destroyed god. all the cameras. Oh my god. <laughs> and so like so Jan DeBont had to call Panavision. They're like, "Yeah, we broke all your cameras. Do you have any more lying around so we can finish shooting this movie?" <laughs> That's great. So like they Did they to, use they, that footage? No, like they couldn't. Oh, they, no. Is there footage of this happening? That's what I want to know. Well, I, all, all the cameras got destroyed, but like they had to do it a second time with the knowledge that like, okay, this is the distance it really can go. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, yeah, we're going to shoot it with longer lenses <laughs> <laughs> further away. So like they, uh, the stuff that we see in the movie is actually from the second shoot. Okay. Um, but like the first take was just disastrous and, and like everyone was like, oh, we fucked that up. <laughs> and like they had to shoot the rest of the movie on these like older like like crappier cameras, cameras. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and and they actually ran out of money like like this you know so jude said this movie was like a 30 million dollar movie they ran out of money towards the end of this movie and uh so like they they just had to get really creative with like how they like shot stuff and this wasn't this the movie that kind of like it launched sandra bullock right well demolition and, man was the first movie okay. that she was in and it was uh, but this, but this I is, think this, this, this is the one that like, role. put her on yeah. the map, right? Yeah. And then I also want to say that Keanu Reeves, everybody knew Keanu Reeves before this movie, but this is the one that made him like an action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, this made so. him an action star basically. And, and it was kind of funny because when the, the matrix came out, people were accepting of him as an action movie lead because of this movie. Right. Mm. Like if, if he had done the matrix without doing speed first, um, I don't think it would have probably had, not. had the same draw. Yeah, I mean, this movie was, it's, when, what time of the year did it come out? Because it, it was a just, summer movie. Because, yeah, this is like summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. turn your brain off, yeah. every, every, go to the movies, have like, some fun. Everyone making this movie thought it was going to, to be terrible. Like, the yeah. studio didn't have any faith in it at all. But when they started doing the test screenings for the movie, audiences, like, you know, when you go up to go to the bathroom, like, you know, you get up and you walk down the aisle, people were getting up and walking backwards so they wouldn't miss anything. <laughs> and the studio executives were like, hmm, we might have something here. Yeah, it's like, I, I know, I, I kind of gauge these movies we talk about every week. Well, my wife, I know I've talked about this before, but every week I'm going to go home today and I'm going to go, hey, wife, <laughs> this week we're watching this, this, and this. Do you want to watch any of those with me? And I did that last week. And she goes, Oh, I'll watch Speed. <laughs> Speed's good. I like that movie. <laughs> and the, the music. That tells me right there, I mean, that movie probably will have made a lot of money at the box office. General audience yeah. acceptance. The, the, yeah. the music in this movie is on point, too. It's like, yeah. dun, 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 dun. And they're, like, <laughs> you're just, they're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't care how many floors there are. Between yeah. where the elevator is in the top of the roof. <laughs> it's like there's and neither, no way. And neither does 99.9% of the rest of the general going movie audience. I don't know yeah. what to tell you, man. You know, there is one thing that really bugs me about this movie. Um, and it's that, so when you're shooting on a bus, like all the, the scenes on the bus, like they were actually driving that bus. Like, in fact, Sandra Bullock got her bus driver's license just for this movie. <laughs> um, but when you're filming like that stuff and you're recording the the dialogue, you're picking up on all like the engine noises, the traffic. Uh, when they were filming at the airport, there were like planes like taking off and landing. So like, you know, they weren't getting clean sound recordings. So almost all the dialogue in the middle of this movie 
from the point that they get on the bus to the point where the bus blows up is uh, ADR, which mm-hmm. is basically dialogue that's added in post-production where the actors go in, re-record their dialogue and try to match the dialogue of the, or the movement of their lips with it the dialogue. Sense, yeah. And it gives it this like kind of surreal quality. And we kind of saw that in, in the James Bond movie that we watched for Sean Connery week where all the actresses had their voices like overdubbed. But in this movie, it's like a good chunk of the movie. It's all ADR dialogue. And so like when I'm watching it, I'm always like, you know, the, the sync is just a little bit off mm. on all these things. And so like, it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. But other never, than that, I've never picked up on that. I mean, it's not something most people would, but it's just like a little thing that, um, you know, stands out to me. And, but for the most part, like, I feel like this movie is up there with like die hard in terms of like, wow. Awesome, oh, really? awesome, awesome yeah, action oh, yeah. movies. Oh no, for sure. This die hard is way yeah, better. This than is this. one of my favorite action movies. This movie is iconic, dude. I know. I understand that. And I'm not trying to take anything away from that. Yes, for people. Are. No, I'm not. You're, you're poopy pants. You just awesome movie. <laughs> I just didn't buy it. I, you know what I did buy though is after the whole bus thing ended and the, the bad guy kidnapped Sandra Bullock like from there on, I was kind of like, oh, this is getting more interesting now. Like the whole chase scene, we were chasing him through the subway and what they're, you know, he's climbing on top of the subway car and he's dodging the lights and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is like that part of the movie was the most exciting and most fun part it, for me. It, it's funny because Graham Yost's original script, it was all on the bus. And once they got off the bus, the movie ended. I would have been pissed and, if it ended. The, the, the studio was like, was like, dude, you can't have an entire movie on a bus. <laughs> and so like they had to go in and Yonda Bont had a, had an experience when he was um, working on Die Hard where he got stuck in an elevator on like the 40th floor of like this high rise. And so like, that was like the inspiration for the opening scene in this movie where he was like, what if people are trapped in an elevator and it's going to fall? <laughs> That's a stupid idea. <laughs> and, and so they added that and then they added the subway scene at the end, just so like it wasn't entirely on the bus. Um, nice I, little bookend. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it might've been like a, a good idea, but I, I kind of feel like the movie it felt like the movie should have ended after the bus. I, I, no, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought the I thought I thought the ending was just a little bit too much. Overindulgent. A little yeah. overindulgent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've, I I love I love Dennis Hopper in this movie. Like I just love like how overacting he is. Oh yeah, my gosh! He very much is oh like, very yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he just goes full Dennis Hopper, like like straight out of Blue Velvet. Uh-huh. I, I want like, Paps Blue Ribbon, motherfucker! <laughs> I want three million dollars. <laughs> like pop quiz, hot shot. Oh my god! What are you gonna do? And that, the, yeah, that's the a whole, Joss Whedon line. Too, the whole setup. The whole, the whole setup was he was upset that his hand got damaged for a, for a part of the job and he had to be forced into retirement. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what you're so upset about is because you don't have a finger. Like he was missing one finger. That was all. I'm he like, he was born in the wrong decade. He <sighs> needed to wait for a cybernetic <laughs> hands. I just like his motivation for being so angry that he was willing to kill multiple people just to get $3 million. I was oh, like, yeah, I was like over a, over a finger. Really? Is that where we're going with this? Like, it, was right. a, it was a thumb. Oh, I'm Hello. sorry. Thumbs, thumbs are very important. He thumbs are really everywhere. wanted yeah. to play video games. He's never going to jerk off right again. <laughs> it's going to be a stranger his whole life. <laughs> Learn how to do it with your left hand, buddy. <laughs> wow. Wait, that got weird. <laughs> okay, guys. Final thoughts on Speed. Uh, Vader, you're obviously just enthralled with it. You love this movie? Uh, I Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I give it a solid four stars out of five. Four stars. Wow. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, sure. It's Go watch it. Yeah. Turn your mind off. Have some fun. Yeah. Enjoy. I tried. <laughs> Sorry. Jude, what about you? Final I thoughts? I love this movie. 10 out of 10. Love it. 10 out of 10. Love Holy it. cow. I love it. All right. Matthew Kadish, <laughs> final thoughts on speed. Five buses out of five. I love this movie. I think it's iconic. It's up there with some of my favorite action movies of all time. Yeah. 
All right, guys, I didn't like this movie, but I recommend you go watch it because apparently I'm in the minority. So yeah. go check it out. Alex it's, doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't about. know what I'm talking about. I don't know why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> I have no right. Fired. You're just the host. <laughs> I'm just the host. You're, My, the, you're the face. Yeah. You're not the brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just your podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our uh, that's our Keanu Reeves week. What a great week. I had a ton of fun watching these movies. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you would like to listen to more stuff that we do, go to saltynerdpodcast.com. You can check out all of our other episodes. We do a fun theme every week, and then we also do focused reviews uh, in the midweek. Uh, we drop three episodes a week, guys. Man, that's a lot of content. So go to saltynerdpodcast.com. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. Leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. All right, where can we find everybody on the socials? Matthew Vader. At Matt Vader 74 on all of them. Right on. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Parlor. Are you a Parlor Nazi? Uh, that's a different, that's a different show. <laughs> a different show, sir. Okay. But yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Jude, where can they find you? You can find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram and Twitter. Right on. And Matthew Kadish. At Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter and Parlor. And uh, kadishbooks.com if you want to check out my books on Amazon. Right on. And I am your host, The Salty Nerd. You can find me on Twitter at salty underscore nerd. Check us out. Talk about movies. And uh, if you want, man, you could throw a request our way. We're always looking for some new movies to watch. So uh, What are we doing next week? I don't remember. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Nick, oh, yeah. Next week is Nicholas Nick, Cage. Nick Cage November. We're talking <laughs> The Rock, Lord of War, my favorite movie, and Raising Arizona, which I haven't seen yet. And we're also doing You're a focused welcome. review on his brand new movie that's coming out. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu, the Space Samurai movie. It sounds freaking It's totally better than 47 Ronin. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> it sounds bananas. So we're going to check that out, too. So catch us next week, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.